A Fork on the Road is brought to you by GoDaddy. Well, they have everything you need to put your business online, find new customers, and kick butt online. They started by registering... says kick ass online. I don't want to say ass. But that's what GoDaddy wants you to say. No, I don't want to say GoDaddy's all that. about ass. Have you not seen Danica Patrick? She's fabulous. She is. Right, you can get you started by registering a domain name and creating your website with GoDaddy's easy-to-use website builder. Already have a site? Keep it running fast with GoDaddy web hosting. It's go time. Visit, Visit GoDaddy.com. Enter promo code FORK32 and save 32% on your new purchases. Some limitations apply. Always, with See everything. See the website for details and then get ass kicking online. Get butt kicking with GoDaddy. Whatever. Here we go. Do what? Do where? Do how? Like this. Talk about do it. Welcome to another edition of A Fork on the Road, live from the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival at the Fairgrounds in New Orleans, Louisiana. I am travel guru and music aficionado Mark DiCarlo, and next to me is the lovely tanned and curly-haired traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez. <laughs> curly-haired because it got wet. That's right. I am at my 22nd annual New Orleans Jazz Festival. And I'm at my 6th. Woo! And it is gorgeous here. It's been sunny. We're here at the second weekend of the Jazz Festival. It's been hot. It's been uh, wonderful. Music has been fantastic. We've heard some great music from Springsteen and John Fogarty and Arcade Fire and Big Sam's Funky Nation. Marsha Ball was fantastic. Oh, Christina Aguilera was incredible. Everyone's Shaka talking Khan about how good she was. Well, that girl can make an entrance. I just didn't. I didn't see her. I didn't think that she was going to be totally pregnant. Yeah. Great voice, mm-hmm. and uh, they had them bring out a, a couch on the stage so that she could sit down in the middle of the set, which was great. Her voice was fantastic. Everybody loved her, and she could make an entrance. More so than Shaka Khan, who I thought was going to be amazing, and, you know, the first song I recognized, but she didn't really make an entrance. No? No, I expected you more You think she'd be her. more of a diva? Well, yeah. a lot of people have been making entrances. We are here on the fairgrounds, live, doing a remote broadcast from New Orleans. If this is the first time you've joined us, you can catch up with other shows at aforkontheroadshow.com. Or follow us on iTunes, A Fork on the Road, or... uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud, or Twitter. I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm Traveling Diva. And I just joined Instagram. Mark DiCarlo TV is my name on Instagram. We were just in the airport the other day, and I saw a woman pitching a hissy fit at the Virgin America counter. And, of course, you go ahead and you record everything. Oh, my God. I love it when people are assholes in public, when when they have no reason to be. And you have a camera. Yeah. So I snuck up behind her, and as she was ripping a new asshole into the woman, the poor woman, the the very lovely woman who had just helped us at the Virgin. Yeah, she was fantastic. She's, I was told this. I have a lawyer. My husband. She was just obnoxious. And the husband couldn't get away from her fast enough. It was great. And I recorded the whole thing on videotape, and you can find it on my new Instagram thing. I just started it this week. Uh, my name on Instagram is Mark DiCarlo TV. And I'm Yenny Alvarez at Instagram. And, you know, we travel all the time, so we're going to keep feeding funny videos and photographs. Uh, and I on... promise I'll be better at Instagram. I haven't really done much. I like Instagram. I don't really like Twitter that much. Instagram, I love. And we do travel all the time. Over Memorial Day weekend, we're going to be doing another live appearance. Uh, we're here this weekend in New Orleans. Memorial Day, we're going to be at the Randolph Street Market in Chicago. 
That's uh, the 24th and 25th of May. My band is going to be playing on Sunday, the 25th of May. That's Old Blues Eyes. We're going to be doing some Chicago blues, and we have a very special, I can't say the name of the special guest, but he's a big, famous Chicago blues guitar player. He'll be joining us on stage on Sunday. And uh, on Saturday, I'm going to be there doing my uh, comedy cooking contest. We're going to be giving away a free trip to the Caribbean to someone out of the audience. So come on down to uh, the Randolph Street Market in Chicago over Memorial Day weekend. Matter of fact, you can get discount tickets. Just uh, check us out on Twitter and Instagram. I will post the link to $5 tickets to the Randolph Street Market over Memorial Day. All our fans get in uh, for only 5 bucks instead of the full price. So hopefully we'll see you in Chicago over Memorial Day weekend. And uh, you can meet us if you missed us this week here in New Orleans. And if you missed us here, you blew it because this is a fantastic festival. Each week we do a new show that's all focused on food and travel and culinary tourism. And what more could you ask for, really? Come on. We are at America's Best Party. It's always the last weekend in April and the first weekend in May here in New Orleans. It's food, it's fun, it's fantastic, and we have a really great show lined up for you today. We're going to go and we're going to talk to some experts, people that have been coming to Jazz Fest cumulatively for over 50 years, and we're going to get some insider rules on how to best enjoy Jazz Fest. We're going to talk to Mormons. <laughs> here. They know how to enjoy Jazz Fest. Mormons in New Orleans attempting to convert people here in Sin City. Without drinking cafe au lait cafe du monde. I'm going to get one of them to drink coffee. I don't know. They're going to drink coffee. That's that's my so. goal. Uh, <laughs> we're also going to find out about the origins of the Mufaletta sandwich. It's a sandwich mm. that uh, was born here in New Orleans. We're going to talk to... Uh, one of the places that claims to have invented the muffaletta, and they do the hot muffaletta. Yeah, who wants a cold muff? Nobody wants a cold muff. They've been there for 50 years. It's Frank's right on Decatur. And we're also going to talk to an actual street musician, someone who makes his living playing the violin on the streets of New Orleans and find out how the other half lives and why this is such a musical magnet and a mecca for artists of every stripe. But just for right now, it's just wonderful just to sit back. You can hear the Dirty Dozen Brass Band in the background. We are getting some sun. We are drinking some beer and having a fantastic time. And you said it was your 22nd Jazz Fest? In a row. So let's test a couple of fun facts about New Orleans that you probably didn't know. Oh, this is New Orleans Quiz? Yeah. Love it. New Orleans Quiz. You are the trivia master, so let's see if you know this. Okay. When was the first New Orleans Jazz Fest ever? Uh, 1970. Ooh, you are good. Produced by George Wine. Hey. And who was the, who was the feature in? I'm going to say, uh, 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 um, uh, oh, I know. Come on. It's a woman. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. M.J. Mahalia Jackson. Very good. And it started in Congo Square. The same guy that produced the Newport uh, Folk Festival uh -huh. decided America needed a jazz festival to celebrate the roots music and the ethnic music of the time. So in 1970, he started this crappy little festival here. Which was only one weekend, not the two weekends right. that it is today. And it took it place in Congo Square, which is why one of the stages to this day is called Congo Square. And Mahalia Jackson sang and then just... With Duke Ellington. Duke, how about that? Yeah. Can you imagine seeing would have been Duke fun. live? I and wasn't they, even alive back then. I was barely alive. And they led a parade through the yeah. through the festival grounds, and that was the uh, humble beginnings of the yeah. Jazz Festival in 1970. This was the 45th annual this year. And for the triple trivia uh -huh. question, what was the cost of admission back then? Oh, <laughs> five bucks. Three. Three dollars? Three dollars. They only had a gospel tent and four open stages, and uh, most of them didn't even have microphones. 
because it was so small. Right? Yeah, it was tiny. And in 45 years, it has grown to 11 stages. Mm -hmm. They get 700,000 people over the two weekends, and everybody uses microphones. Yeah. Love it. Well, Keep them coming. Well, they do. In 1976, they expanded to two full weekends, uh -huh. and uh, in their 10th anniversary, they tried three weekends, but they only did two because it was rained out. <laughs> In 1979, the I've 10th been, anniversary. I've been through several rainy uh, jazz fests. It's always better when it's gorgeous like it is today, which is sunny. So how many people do you think uh, went this year? Uh, I don't, I'm gonna say, I think they average about 600,000. 600,000, well, I think the total attendance, well, let's, let's say that when they celebrated um, Louis Armstrong's centennial in 2001, the total attendance was 650,000 which was the previous record in 89 was 300,000. Um, so an attendance record of 160,000 people were in there daily. Wow. But you know what? It's not, it's crowded, but it's not irritatingly crowded. I, I have no, to I say- No, I think they know how to do it. The, hey, people, hey. the people that put this festival on, they do everything as, as well as it can be done. The food is delicious and very reasonably priced. The beers are what, $6? Yeah, $6. For, for a big can of beer, the water is $2. The bathrooms are clean. You know, they're porta potties, but they're clean. But they also have, as we're going to hear later on uh, on our Jazz Fest uh, tips, other places where you can go to the bathroom where nobody else knows about. Secret places. Which Secret we'll places later. to go to the bathroom at Jazz Fest. So, I mean, if you hate crowds, I don't know that you'll love Jazz Fest, but. They're, but they're organized crowds. I think. They're very organized crowds. Uh, the people that have been doing this show for a long time, that the Jarrah's uh, and Heritage Foundation, they do just a bang-up job, and they're they're great with the musicians, they're great with the public, they're great with the press, and we, we appreciate coming back every year. And, well, there's also a great flow to it. Not only, you know, people go from um, from tent to tent mm -hmm. or Congo Square, from stage to stage, and they stick around and they listen to whoever they want to listen to. So there's never... There's there's no, there's no major traffic jam. There's always a traffic People are always flow. Moving, yeah. yeah, they're always moving. For those of you that haven't gone, you should Google the aerial views of the festival online. It takes place in the infield of an old horse track, and they have nine stages scattered all over. So, and it's all done by genre. There's a blues tent. There's a jazz tent. There's a gospel tent. There's a yeah, because jazz Congo fest square. isn't just a jazz festival. They have a jazz tent, but everything else. I mean, they had. Uh, this year they had the Alabama Shakes, the Whalers. Alabama Shakes were great. Yeah. Uh, who else? Christina Aguilera, Shaka Khan, Foster the People. I mean, there were so many great people. It's not just jazz, it's unless like you go a, to the jazz. Yeah, band. it's like a roots festival. It's it's heritage and and just American music. And of course, jazz is the most American of American music. And it's, my favorite part about that is that you can participate, not just watch. You can go in there. They have second lines. They have the Mardi Gras Indians, which were. My favorite every Indians. year because you get to go in they there all like and Cher. dance. No, they don't they look, look like Cher. Cher. They dress up and look like they Cher. They do not. They have dragon dances. This year I joined the dragon dance. Where was I? Uh, I don't know, listening to some blues guys. Okay. And, and what uh, is a dragon dance? They have a ginormous giant, like one of those uh, Chinese giants, yeah. uh, uh, dragons. So you can go in the back and get under the tent and dance with the dragon and go around with the people. Wow, that's pretty so cool. So I did that to cut to the other side. Okay. <laughs> so I can go get my rose mint iced tea. That's why everyone joins the dragon. <laughs> and from the ticket prices that um, were $3 back then in 1970, um, in 97 the tickets were $12 and then this time around in 2014 they cost 55 in advance and 70 at the gate. Yeah, but still, it's so a fantastic it. it's like bargain. It's a dollar an act. Not even. Yeah, you know, you go to, you 
go to see Billy Joel. It's a couple hundred dollars for one seat for two hours. This yeah. is, it's it's a fantastic bargain. Yeah. Just trust us on that. More, more trivia. More trivia. Okay, so what is the one and only Latin food at Jazz Fest? Oh, this is obvious. <laughs> Uh, must be the Cuban sandwich. Yes, it is. Are we there, knew that. I did know that. Why are there Cuban sand? I've always wondered why there are Cuban sandwiches there, though. Are there a lot of Cubans in New Orleans? There are. There's. A, it's a very big community of Latinos, especially after Katrina, where mm-hmm. a lot of people went there to um, to fix everything that was happening. A lot of Mexicans went in there. Um, a lot of Latin workers went in there. Before that, um, there were a lot of Cubans that settled in, in, in New Orleans mm-hmm. and there's a lot of Cuban influences because it was the same trade route um, for traders. Oh right, yeah, coming up through New Orleans and then yeah. going through the Caribbean, that's where all the pirates were. Okay, yeah. that makes so, sense. I had a chance to talk to um, Sinesio Canseco, he's the owner of the Canseco's Market and he talked to me about how he started selling the Cuban sandwich, you know, six years ago. They were selling, I think, Medianoches a while back, and they were selling some empanadas, but nothing really... I don't know what happened to the Medianoche guy, but six years ago, Canseco went in there and said, something something went wrong with the Medianoche guy. So they swooped in. They've been serving that for... Um, Ever since you've been going. This was your sixth yeah. Jazz Fest. And what is a Cuban sandwich for people that don't know? Oh, Cuban sandwich is this delicious Cuban bread. There's this pierna, which is the part of the of the pork, mm-hmm. and it has like sweet pickles and the relish, and they put it in la plancha, which is oh, they started making the sandwiches two days before. Mm-hmm. They started prepping everything, so they start at 7 a.m. two days before. They have six sandwich makers making all these sandwiches. The guy doesn't even know how much they sold at the fest because they keep making it and turning it around, turning it around. They just, you know, it's, it, it goes, it goes really quickly. A lot of people love that Cuban sandwich and it's great to see a Latino influence at least one sandwich because they had um, they had tacos, but they were Creole tacos and they had empanadas, but they were Creole empanadas. So it's not really Latin. Mm-hmm. And uh, you should really see the, uh, all the food vendors and the food booths are phenomenal. Their people are working, mostly volunteers. If you uh, check me out on Huffington Post, you can see my piece on Jazz We have lots of pictures and uh, more information and, and uh, more flavor, yeah. if you will, of the festival. And the best thing about that is that they're always in the same spot. So year after year, if you remember that you like that Cuban sandwich, you know exactly where to get that Cuban sandwich. Uh-huh. If you like the fried chicken and the jambalaya, you know exactly where the fried chicken and the jambalaya is. And this Canseco right. guy has been the only guy to do the Cuban sandwiches? At this, yeah, for the past six years. Before that, something happened with a... And as a Cuban girl yourself, how would you rate his Cuban sandwich? I thought it was very good. It was great to see a Latino-influenced food at the fest. It made Uh me feel like, you know, there's a little bit of everything. I was very happy to be there. The sandwich was delicious. And how much was it? It was $7 for 7 inches. Where else are you going to get 7 inches for $7? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they have the Mardi Gras Mambo. And even before Katrina, the city had uh, Spanish radio stations and... Spanish language publications. Tulane University is one of the country's best regarded Latin America studies program. Um, Started in 1924, and uh, there are also political ties. I hear there was. um, How do you how do you go to school at Tulane? There's a different festival in New Orleans every week, and I would I could not study if I was going. How do you work in New Orleans? How do you get anything done? I don't know. I don't know that it's possible. Fun city. Yes, but you have to know how to do it right. You have to, you, this is a huge festival, as we were saying, 600, 700,000 people come through the gates every year. You can't just go without having a plan or you will be eaten alive by the festival. Yeah. Luckily, we've been going with a group of friends uh, for the past several years 
and some of them have been going over 30 years. So what we've done is we've assembled a college of idiots, as I like to call them. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> well, it's an excellent way of putting it if you happen to know these individuals. We'll just go by first names because they all have, believe it or not, jobs. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted to get from them the information, the insiders. Way. Inside track. Inside track on how to take down Jazz Fest and wring every drop of fun out of it and leave all the BS behind. So here it is, our 2014 edition of the Backstage Inside Rules of Jazz Fest. We're here at the last day of Jazz Fest with two Jazz Fest veterans. The idea being, uh, I'd like to provide a primer for people who may be considering coming to Jazz Fest next year. You don't want to come without planning or without a plan because I think this could be a daunting and overwhelming festival if you don't know what you're doing. So with me are uh, veterans of uh, many fests. Uh, this is Zach. Zach, how many festivals have you been to? Uh, I've been to eight fests. Thank you, Zach. And Peter, how many fests for you? This will be number 20. Okay. So you guys aren't talking out of your asses. I'm subscriber number 751,001. That's right. My name is Peter Shankowitz. I'm here at uh, Jazz Fest. I am, in fact, the Jazz Fest expert. Um, when in doubt, several rules. Okay. If you uh, have to take care of number two, you do not do it at Jazz Fest. If you try to do that, you will be overcome with gas and visuals that no human being should have to be seen. I mean, this makes, literally, it makes the bathrooms at Beer Canal look like a walk in the park. If you have to go to the bathroom, an actual tip, inside the grandstand, there's a very little known haven for the rare ass and the bare ass. You go into the grandstand, go to the top floor in the elevator, walk all the way to the end from the Gentilly Gate. There is a secret, ultra-clean bathroom where I don't even put down the little paper uh, rings. I just sit right there. I don't build a nest. I'm willing to take the spores of glory. And I'm telling you right now, for, especially for the ladies, that's an important one. Number one tip for Fest, if you're going to set up an accurate stage, you got to get there by 11. Hands down. Why is that important? It gets too crazy. Every year they keep bringing in acts like, uh, you know, Robin Thicke and... Uh, you got Public Enemy this year, Christina Aguilera. Although she was really good, but you know the last couple of years it gets it gets on on the track sometimes. So you guys you got to get in here early. You got to you got to set up. And if you're claustrophobic, you should just you should you should stay out of it altogether. And you know, the whole party does not have to be there. You just need to send a couple of people on ahead to kind of lock down your territory. It's reconnaissance. It's reconnaissance. A couple of designated folks. Okay, I'll be serious for a second. Best food at the at the fest. You've got you've got a, a three course arrival uh, first day session. You get the cochon de lait po boy. That's pulled pork that's marinated in the milk of virgin 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 cows or pigs or something, right? And just just getting milk from a virgin cow. That's you're, a tell, you're telling me, right? You put oh she's out of this. Um, you you get it definitely with the slaw, but you don't eat it right away. You walk over to the Cracklin booth. Cracklins are fried pork pig skins for you kids out there. You put the Cracklins in the sandwich for a little crunch. You wolf that down. Well, what if you want something that's not healthy? What would you eat? Um, I would say, that what's the least the least healthy thing? Crawfish, crawfish Monica or the crawfish bread, which is basically a loaf of really dense bread that's loaded with about a pound of Velveeta mm. and some crawfish. 
Usually good the second day because you need something you need something thick and creamy in the morning to, to, to soak up some of that stuff from the night before. You're traveling a long way, but you're also traveling in a three-hour or two-hour two-hour time zone change. It's it's for the it's not for the musty. So and plus. It's an expansive thing. It goes on for a full 10 days. Then you got to figure out, well, am I going for the full 10 days? Am I doing a two-day here, a three-day, a four-day, whatever? Uh, this year, it finally worked out. The stars and we lined up it out. this year. They did line up this year. And I know that um, friends have been prodding and probing for me to come for many, many years. We finally were able to do it this year, and I'm ecstatic. And what are your impressions? Um, through fresh eyes, I'm curious. Uh... I got, well, first of all, the friendliness factor of maybe the fest or New Orleans in general is amazing. I know. Everybody is just so nice here. And, you know, you normally hear that on the news or whatever and think it's just bullshit. But uh, I, I've never had any problems here. Everyone's very yeah. uh, happy that you're here. And it's not, it, not even just the people. And, I, you know, it's, it's, that's a generic statement. I have seen minor altercations, but solved... Without violence, but uh, but the two coal miners. Yes, <laughs> there, well, there was a hat incident from yesterday, where somebody's decorative hat was taken off their head uh, by somebody else, and it almost turned into a problem. But it was solved. They was earned solved. those stickers, Dave. <laughs> Guys just can't go swapping helmets willy nilly. There's got to be order underground. Uh, but I, but even the people that work at the, um, you know, the, the, the different beer and food places are so nice and so sweet. And all I think volunteers. A lot. That's what I was going to say because it looks. Like like a lot of them have their um, placards up of what uh, you know charities and donations are they're going to. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to keep a, a good face on that particular uh, charity. So it's all really nice. I also find the people that live here in New Orleans are uh, more community proud than maybe people that live in other parts of the country. Well, you know what's funny? I just met a guy from New Orleans. I went to this uh, exclusive beer tent area, though. Uh, we can't talk about it on the air. It's very exclusive. But this guy... I know this like, guy. ...started talking to me, and uh, he lives here. And he was telling me a story about how, actually, there's a house outside the perimeter that I could go to and watch the entire festival for free. So he was giving away the secrets, but he said, I don't want to give away too many secrets to the out-of-towners, because then... We love, basically what he was saying is, we love all the tourists, we love all the out-of-towners, but you know what, don't don't completely overrun us because we also hate you. Yes, <laughs> keep your distance. <laughs> um, best food at the fest? Pre-jeans, pheasant, and dewey and quail gumbo. Am I right? Yes. For sure. Yes. Quail. See. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said. I gave the bathroom tip. They were, uh, they were amazingly sober. Let's say. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. One of them was. Uh, so those are those, those are actually some really great tips. Yeah. And, um, I especially like the one about the bathroom upstairs because I have never been upstairs. Well, if you really got you know if you really got to drop a pushpin, you want to make a clean indoor bathroom and uh, oh that's horrible let's not talk about that well you know what i I have no problems going there there's plenty of places to wash your hands you stay clean you get a little dusty great inside information take that to the bank in 2015 when you go or to the can all right exactly take it to the can yesterday i was standing outside the cafe du monde the place where you get your chicory coffee yes uh, famous place and a gaggle of mormon missionaries came walking down decatur street and (laughs) 
And you jumped at the chance. Well, they recognize me. I did, uh, I've done some movies. One movie I did was called... Uh, Mobsters and Mormons. And I was the star of Mobsters and Mormons. He and got the- recognized at what museum was it? We went to the Museum the of Smithsonian. Aviation. Yeah, the Air and Space Museum in Smithsonian. Any, any place there's a Mormon... You'll get recognized. Right. I figured with 10 of them, I could talk one of them into trying iced coffee because uh, technically... No, if they're, in a, if they're in a group, they're not going to try anything because the other one's going to tell. Well, you might be wrong. Let's find out. These are the Mormons in New Orleans. At Café Du Monde. We're at Café Du Monde and we happen to run into a bunch of Mormon uh, missionaries. We have Elder Larson, Elder Carter, huh. Elder Hansen, Sister Hild, Sister Hafford, and Elder Birch. I thought you guys always traveled in groups of two. Is that not accurate? Uh, we're just because New Orleans is such a <laughs> wicked yeah, city. Get together, and make sure we're safe here. I would imagine the places that you guys go to try and make converts, New Orleans has got to be one of the wickeder cities. Would you say? That's why we're here. That's why we're here. It's a good place to be. There's right. good people too. Right? Oh, there's great people here, but I would imagine it's a big uphill battle. Is your approach different here in New Orleans than it would be in maybe a more uh, godly city? I think it's all the same. We just invite people to come to Christ, no matter where they're at. And do you go to people's homes, or do you roll up to them on the streets? A little bit of everything. A little bit of both. I'd like to hear your rap, what you would say to someone if you're just rolling up to them on the street. <laughs> yeah. oh. Like me, pretend you're just walking up to me. I just walked up to me. And I'm sitting here drinking, smoking a cigarette, having a Coca-Cola, and thinking about committing adultery. But, you're, but you don't know that. Oh, man. You don't know that. So you roll up to me, all right? Here I am. I'm just sitting say, here. I would say, hey, are you a Mormon? No. <laughs> Do you want to be a Mormon? I don't think so. <laughs> Why? Well, that's a <laughs> weak... I'm not a Mormon, but I know that that is a weak approach. <laughs> Who's got better game? Yeah, Who's got better... All right, roll up, Elder Barristan. Okay. I have to sit down next to you and uh-huh. just ask you how your day's going. Pretty good. Sweet, well... Dude, it's 85 degrees. Why are you wearing a tie? Is what I would say. Is what you would say. So I like to look good during the day, but uh, how's, what are you doing down here in New Orleans? Uh, sinning. Okay, all right, cool. Well, uh, you ever heard of the, the Mormon church before? I have. You have? I actually starred in a Mormon movie, Mobsters and Mormons. Really? I've seen that movie. Yeah. I'm a big movie star in your world. So yes, I've been exposed yeah. to. I'm the lead. Cool, cool. And I play the lead. Well, uh, That's like one of my favorite shows. Yeah, I play the lead. So what do you know about it? The movie? Or the Mormonism? Just the Mormonism, the people. Uh, I know that in general, the Mormons that I met while I was working in Salt Lake City were beautiful, wonderful people. I know some of you believe that the earth is 6,000 years old, and I personally think that's crazy. Uh-huh. I don't think all of you believe that. I don't think all of us believe that either. Um, and I, I, I admire your dedication and commitment that every Mormon gives two years of their lives to go out and proselytize. I think that's, it build, I'm guessing it builds a lot of character and a great way to see the world. It is, yeah. It gets to meet a lot of sweet people. What's with the skirts? I thought it was only dudes that could do this. There's two ladies on the mission here. How does that work? Oh, they lowered the edge for the sisters to be able to go out. And they actually do pretty good work, so. I would imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. People are a lot more willing to talk to them than they are to talk to me. Well, I mean, you know, you see a couple of nice looking girls come up to you, guys are going to talk to them. Yeah, exactly. Right, a little yeah. easier? Yeah, I served on campus at LSU, and when we try to contact people, we always had the girls with us, and they could get people to talk to them a lot easier than right. I could. Right, but not that you're not an easy person to talk to, Elder. You're, you're very personable and fine, but, you know, biology yeah, has yeah, its yeah. mandates. It All right, works, so right? get back to talking and converting me. So, so, yeah, I'm familiar with it. Eh. 
Yeah? Yeah. Did you ever get a chance to go to church? I was raised Catholic. Okay. But I don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore? No. You go to church right now at all? No. No? Well, if you'd like... uh, I approach every day like it's church. Like it's church? All right. That's a good attitude to have. That's a real good attitude to have. Try and be thankful, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, if, uh, if you want... We got church every Sunday, and you know, it's the, the good Mormon people that, that you got to be around a little bit, and uh-huh. uh, I'm sure they'd love to have you. And I would say, all right, well, uh, you know, I'll come and find you if I'm interested. Then what do you say? Well, can I give you a card? Yeah, you can give me a card. Sweet. And you give me a card. Give you the card. And then you walk away, so it's kind of a low-pressure thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. What do you guys if do? I could try to get your number, but we can contact you later. Yeah, it's probably be bad. I'd, yeah. I'd rather take a card. What do you guys do for fun? Do you, can you do any of the things that are popular here in New Orleans? Well, I just went to the New Era store. That was pretty fun for me. It's right. like being in a candy store. Right, but you, are you, no alcohol, right? No alcohol. No coffee. No coffee. Jeez, you don't have no idea what you guys are missing. This is the world's, we're outside of Cafe Dumont, which is a famous coffee shop, the most delicious coffee in the world. And you've never had it. Never had it. I will make you a deal right now. I will go to Mormon Church for a day if you will have a cup of coffee with me. I can't do that. I can't have a cup of coffee. I'll take a glass of water, though. I'm pretty thirsty. Could you have a cup of this decaf? I can't. I mean, yeah. th- this is not just some crappy coffee. Yeah. Any of you, can I convince any of you to have a cup of coffee with me? No. It's not worth it. What, what, what's the downside of what happens to you if you have coffee? It's not what happens if you don't have coffee. It's the blessings that happen from keeping the commandments. And the Joseph Smith commandment is not to have coffee? No, well, yes, but Joseph Smith was a prophet of God, and by revelation, he um, was told by God that to put in a new commandment, it's called the Word of Wisdom, which is like a health code that we live by, but it wasn't Joseph Smith's idea, it was revelation he received from God. Okay, and specifically in those new commandments, it's caffeine is outlawed? Not caffeine, it says not to partake of hot drinks such as coffee or tea, and tobacco, alcohol, and prescription, like abusing prescription drugs or like, well not... Or illegal drugs. Or illegal drugs. So it specifically says not to partake of hot drinks. Coffee to me seems so benign. I think part of it is like, you have to have a trial of your faith. Like, it would make so much sense, right, well, if everything worked out. Yeah, I mean, that's one way to get people to adhere to that. I was raised Catholic. I went to 12 years of Catholic school. And for a long time, the Catholic said you cannot eat meat on any Friday or you will go to hell. And then, 1963, the Pope said, you know what, you can. You can eat meat on Fridays. So some of those revelations turned out to be bogus. Well, I think that. And from an outside perspective, I'm just telling you, this coffee is so (laughs) darn good. This may be the one bogus kernel on that whole Mormon cob. I have complete faith that it's not bogus because I believe in modern day revelation. Okay. And I guess if the prophet of our church came out and said differently, then it'd be different because I got it. Modern. They sell iced coffee. I do not drink Still iced coffee. coffee. But you said the prohibition is against hot drinks. But it says hot specifically drinks, specifically coffee and tea. coffee and tea. It does say specifically. What's the punctuation? Is it a colon or a semicolon and then coffee and tea? Well, we'll find out for you real quick. Because if it's a colon... What it's referring to, grammatically, is hot drinks such as coffee and tea. Therefore, cold tea and cold coffee, I wouldn't think, would be covered. Now, I'm not a uh, biblical scholar, but I, I do have a degree in communication, so I think my grammatical information 
punctuation-wise, is accurate. Sister Hill, do you want to read out of that? Sure. It says, The Lord revealed the word of wisdom to the prophet Joseph Smith. In this revelation, we are warned to abstain from alcohol, tobacco, and hot drinks, meaning coffee and tea. Later prophets have taught that we should not use any substance that contain illegal drugs or harmful and addictive substances. I think there's a shade of interpretation there because yeah. it says abstain I mean, from alcohol, tobacco, and hot meaning coffee and tea. But it's I think that's referring to hot drinks. I mean, it's always up to your individual agency, and I know that for me, I believe that I, I will receive the most blessings from being exactly obedient to me. And that's to me, that means not partaking of coffee or tea at all. And I believe that I'll be blessed for that decision, but other people can make whatever decision they want to. I don't think they're going to go to hell, but they're going to have to do things that they, they're going to have to learn in a different way. You get in what you put out of it. So yeah. if you put in, if you're a wholehearted, definitely, you put your whole heart in, you, in theory, we'll get your whole heart out. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's an excellent approach, Sister Hill. However, Sister Hill, you seem a little weaker, a little more, like I could, bend you to my will if I really try. Choose. Right. She keeps she helps. So me are you tempted alive. to try the frozen coffee? Not at all. Frozen iced tea? Not at all. Chilled iced tea? No. I iced tea frozen to absolute water. zero so that if you actually the drank water it. sounds fantastic and ice water sounds even better. I don't think they sell that here at the original <laughs> French market coffee store. I got a water bottle too. But I got a water bottle too. Right, I well, come prepared. I, I appreciate uh, your time that you spent with us chatting all y'all. Uh, I really wish I could be the one to indoctrinate you into iced coffee because you would love it. You would freaking love it. And you'd have so much, since you've never had it before, you'd have so much extra energy, you would convert half of this town in like a week. You got to be out of fire. They were very sweet, very nice. Um, you know what? I admire anybody with faith and conviction that helps them lead a better life. Yes, I agree with you. Although I would not, that coffee thing would kill me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't slow them down. You, They're up at the crack of dawn every day. Oh, that would kill me even more. Forget right. that. I could never be a Mormon. I, I don't even know what the crack of dawn looks like. Knock, knock, knock. Have you heard the good news? If not, can I have a cup of coffee? <laughs> Mufaletta sandwiches. If you've never Yum. been to New Orleans, you don't know what we're talking about. It's a round sandwich with Doesn't cold cuts anywhere else? and cheese. They have it now elsewhere, but it was born in New Orleans, in the Italian part of New Orleans, and it... It, it has spread to a certain degree, but there's a lot of controversy, like with other food, like hamburgers and things. Where did they start? Mm -hmm. Clearly, the mufaletta was invented in New Orleans, but some people say it was at the Central Grocery. Other people say it was at a place next door called Frank's. So we went into Frank's, the place of the hot mufaletta, to get the actual story. So we're at Frank's. Is it a delicatessen or a restaurant here in the court? Okay. Uh, home of the mufaletta. You invent the mufaletta here, or was it invented nearby here? It was invented in the French Quarter in New Orleans. And I think a lot of people don't realize there are a lot of, at least there used to be back in the day, a lot of Italians here in New Orleans, right? Plenty of Italians. And a lot of Sicilians. Right? What's the difference between an Italian and a Sicilian? Sicilian was born in Sicily. Italian was born in Italy. That's right. If you're looking for good answers, this is where you come. And what is and your... I'm pure Sicilian. What is your name? Jack. Last name, Gagliano. And I've been here 50 years at Frank's. And uh, does Frank's have the best mufaletta in the quarter? Yes. Why? Why? Quality ingredients. We make our own home olive salad. We use good cold cuts, good Italian bread, and we heat it up. We make it hot and fresh. That's what I like. I like the Nobody heated... Nobody makes it hot but us. Right. I like the heated mufaletta. And it also, it's a function of the, uh, the olive salad. Right. Um, 
What kind of? You don't use olive oil, right? You use vegetable oil in the. No, olive? we use we use extra virgin olive oil, and we use canola oil. We blend it. One to one. What's uh, that a secret? Uh, Lira. Probably sixty forty canola, and then forty percent extra virgin. And then it's black and green olives. Black and green olives. What else? And it's oh, a ginormous portion. Jardinera. Black and green olives. Salami. Genoa. Genoa. Oh, Genoa Vegetables and olive oil and oregano and seasoning. We make it here and we chop it up and we blend it. Where did the idea of the muffaletta sandwich come from originally? Because the bread is odd, right? The big circular bread. And it start, yeah. started 100 years ago in the French Quarter. I mean, at a little grocery store on a side corner, making, mm. selling bread and slicing cold cuts. Mm. He sold olives and cold cuts and bread. And one day he started putting it all together. And that's how it started. This, this, Why is it only here in New Orleans? What, what only, is it about New Orleans that made someone think of it? I don't know that answer. Because, you know, it's like I, a sub sandwich. You can only right? find that in New Orleans. It started here, not in Italy or Sicily. Right. It started in New Orleans. And well, you think it has something to do with New Orleans, especially 100 years ago, being a big port yeah, city, and this right. is kind of a portable food? It was, a big port city. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people from Sicily came straight to New Orleans, uh-huh. from uh, Sicily and Italy. A lot of very mm-hmm. famous Italian musicians from here. Yeah. Louis Prima, Sam Butera. Harry uh, Connick Jr. Is he Italian? No, he not Harry like, Connick oh, Jr. No? Um, Tony LaRocca. He was a famous jazz musician. Mm. Louis Prima. Uh, <laughs> and as and, we're doing this interview, I keep being fed salami, Genoa yep. salami, delizioso. And uh, Louis' daughter, Lena, is still performing right. over at the Monteleone, right? Yes. All right. Well, so, I mean, tell me what you know about, in, there's nothing in the muffaletta sandwich that couldn't have been made anywhere else except maybe the olive salad. What What is it about New Orleans that... Uh, the bread, the bread's different. I think the water's the water here is different from the, the rest of the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Italian bread that they make here is different. You can get good cold cuts anywhere, but you got to make the olive salad too. Mm-hmm. Are you selling the olive salad? Yes, you, you sell it online. We sell it online. We want to sell it in store and online. What's your What's your website? Uh, we just started it. I think we're going to start this Monday. I'm, I don't know the website name yet. Does it start with www dot? Yes. I think it's Frank's Olive Salad. Okay. So for someone that's coming to their first Jazz Fest or their first Mardi Gras or whatever, what are the five things that they have to do when they're in New Orleans besides come to Frank's Restaurant? Because that's obviously the first thing. Go to Bourbon Street. Go see that. Go enjoy that. You see all the crowds and the drinking. Around here, eating all and sightseeing a quarter to two. Um... I guess go to different restaurants. We got great food here. Um, French Quarter. You said that already. When uh, you're not eating here at Frank's, where do you eat besides like home and Frank's? I eat Chinese food. <laughs> <laughs> I go out and eat Chinese food three times a week, and I eat here. He's um, Mark's been here for about what 20, 22? This is my 22nd Jazz 22nd, Fest. 22nd uh, Jazz Fest. This is probably my sixth. Jazz Fest, and every time this is always a stop. Frank's is always a stop for us. All right. So we get that big old muffaletta. But they heat the muffaletta here. Yeah. It's the muffaletta hot. Right. 
and hot delicious. Nobody else makes them hot. They're cold over there. Right. We, cold, we got good pasta here. Because uh, the people at Central say they made the, they invented the mufalo. Uh, they're the longest making it now, but they ain't actually the originator. But they claim the fame because they've been there a hundred years now. Was Napoleon House the people that actually invented it? No. Because everyone says they, Napoleon no. said they invented it. Central says he invented yeah. it. You're at least honest. You're saying you don't invent it, but you popularize it and you make we it hot. It, we probably make it better than everybody now. And this is the home of the Mufaleta. And we've been doing it 50 years. Anybody and it's, and it's good. It's delicious. So that's why I say we're the best. They're disappointed. People from Central come here, they're disappointed. Because they don't get as much meat. And it's not warm. It's, it's cold. Central makes them ahead of time, wraps them, hands them until you're cold. I know, that's why we come here. They're, they make them like two, three hours, and, and they already made up. For someone that's at home listening to this thinking, oh, geez, I wonder if I should go to Jazz Fest next year. What would you tell them? Yes, go to Jazz Fest. Go see all the great music and try different foods. It's where it's going. All right. What's, awesome. your, what's your website again? www.franksolivesalad. Awesome. Oh, my God, the olive spread. Delicious. Oh. Go online, order it. it. It's it's so rich and delicious and olivey, and the oil mixing with the bread and the cheese. I have I probably had three mufalettas in five days. <laughs> I do. I love it. I love it. And then you get back and you have like ten more pounds on you. I know. Well, we walked a lot. I don't care. <laughs> um, this city is so much about food and the the, the physical pleasures of the flesh. Food, it's music decadent. is also very important. Yes, it is. So we you get to hear such great music inside clubs, inside Jazz Fest, outside, right. in the streets. And during Jazz Fest, there's all these famous people coming to town and apply their craft. But day to day, there are always musicians playing in the clubs, like you just said in New Orleans. But they also make a living playing on the street. I did a piece from the Huffington Post about Doris and Clarice, this great female duo that plays on Royal Street. One of them plays the violin and the other plays the guitar. And just hauntingly beautiful music and that's their job they sit on the street they play music for tips they sell their cds and i'm guessing it's a very rough life to make a living that way it is because you have to put up with rude people that right. don't understand it's like you know this is how they make their living pay the 15 dollars cd you know don't try to right well if they grab it. you i mean it's it's really capitalism and it's finest if, if the music really moves if you, you like it pay the money for the cd there you. so we wanted to talk to someone uh, who's actually doing this day in and day out. So we found a guy who has not been in New Orleans very long and is kind of living on the ragged edge of life, but he's loving it. And he took some time to share the real life of a street musician in New Orleans. Hello, sir. What's your name? Abram Racine. And where are we right now? Uh, Royal Street, New Orleans. And uh, what is your occupation? Uh, I'm a, a street fiddler at the moment. Uh, now, I'm pretty... Uh, I'm pretty sure that in any other country in America or any other city in America, you probably can't even make a living. Can you make a good living as a street musician here in New Orleans? If you get the right spot, the right time, do the right thing, you can you can make some money for sure. And how long have you been out here playing? I got down here in late February, right before Mardi Gras. And is this your spot here? We're right outside uh, where Brennan's used to be, right across the street from the courthouse, the Supreme Courthouse. Do you play the same place every day? Uh, I have some places that I like more than others. Um, I actually just... Uh, Came to, right, rode down here, found some friends that were just packing up to leave, so I, I took their spot. And um, it's all right. It's shady. It's a decent, decent place to be in the middle of the middle of the day. And what's the oh, psychology it's, of trying? It's good shady, not bad shady. Oh yeah, right. It's, it's shady. shady. It's out of the sun, <laughs> as opposed to shady like down in the, the ninth ward. Um, 
what goes into your thinking when you're trying to find the right place to uh, set up for the day? Oh, well, I just normally just see where all the people are, and um, sometimes for, for myself, it's, uh, it's better to get to a quieter place. I actually usually play on the other end of the street where it's a little more laid back and there's not as much traffic, car traffic and stuff, but um, I don't know. Some places just have a, a particular vibe about them. And is playing on the street different than playing in a band? I mean, I would imagine a big part of your success comes from reading your audience as they kind of cruise by. What do you do to get people to stop? Oh, I just, uh, I mean, playing solo, you know, um, I just try to do my best whenever I see a crowd of people coming up. Um, I don't do as much like, uh, a lot, I have a lot of friends that, that do a lot more hustling than I do and pass the hat around and stop and and, and when you have a big a band and you can get a big crowd, then it's it's a lot more feasible to, to do that. But um, I just stand out here and, and play the fiddle the best best I can and hope people toss me dollars. <laughs> it's not it might, might, might not be the best strategy. I don't know, but it's fun. <laughs> what is it about New Orleans and music that captivates people so much? Do you think? Well, I don't know. It's got a lot of history. I, I, uh, and it's still happening. It, it's, uh... Well, you just moved here from February. Where'd you move from? Well, I've been living in Boston. I'm originally from West Virginia. And, um, been down here one time before, but I have a lot of friends that have been down here. And it's, it's pretty renowned among the musicians. Um, there's a place you can go and, and do it, make money doing it. There's a lot of other people doing it. And, uh, do you play in a band at night, or is this your primary gig? Right now, this is my primary gig, though. I'm about to go on tour. I'm actually leaving this week to go up to Asheville, North Carolina, and then tour in the Northeast with a band. But uh, What band? Uh, it's a band called the Resonant Rogues. Um, they actually were down here for the winter, and then they're based out of Asheville for the summer, which I probably will be, too. And um, uh, Yeah, so I, I don't actually... I, I just got down here and just kind of still sort of networking in the scene, but, but other people do a lot of... Uh, um, there's definitely a lot of country bands, a lot of stuff that, a lot of old time bands and stuff that play around. A really good scene for that, surprisingly enough. Any tips you'd have for other musicians that are maybe thinking about making the move down here and trying to make it as a professional on the streets? Um, well, it's always helpful to, to play on the streets, to have an act of some sort, and to, you know, um, to, you know, if you're not like an incredibly talented, you know, performer, a lot of people, you know, have a shtick. Dresses up as a werewolf. And oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that. I would have loved that. It must be really hot as a werewolf right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He seems to do all right. I, I mean, I don't know. He gets a nice spot. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a competitive scene out here for for a lot of people. I mean, they, they, people stay up all night and come out here and get the spots. And um, it's helpful to know people. It's helpful to have a have a um, you know have a band have a few people I think as a solo fiddler I get by a lot better by myself than a lot of other people would um, but if you have a you know um, but it's pretty wide open you know it's also the kind of place where you're gonna meet people and and find your place if you got one right if you can play someone will find you huh? yeah I mean you know if, if you're you gotta be gregarious and you gotta be ready to get out there and, and, and network and find the people but it's it's, you know, it's free stage. Are you single? I am. <laughs> Is this a good way to pick up uh, people that you're interested in? Well, um, you know, I, I've gotten some gotten a fair amount of glances from people. I, I had a couple phone numbers thrown in my case, but I, I didn't follow up with it. <laughs> <laughs> what is your shtick? I don't know. I always feel like I, um, I'm just trying to be 
an honest musician out here playing good music for people, and I don't really have a shtick, you know? Can you give me your best 16 bars? <laughs> Let's uh, hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, one, two, one, two, three, eight. Very nice. Awesome. Thank I think you're going to so do much. great. Enjoy your tour. Yeah. Thanks for talking it. to us. Do you have Viva a New Orleans. Where people can find you on I, your music? Well, my name, I mean, it's just my name, Abram Racine, right now. And, um, How do you spell that? A B R A M R A C I N. He was so sweet. Right? And now he's going to be on tour. He's going to be a big star. Yay! And we knew him when. <laughs> well, that is it. That is our remote episode live from here at Jazz Fest 2014 from the fairgrounds in New Orleans. Saw a lot of great music, ate a lot of great food, had a lot of delicious drinks. What was your favorite food? Your favorite What's one meal? favorite one meal? Oh, jeez. The, the profit sack. Or... The Cuban sandwich. Cuban sandwich. I had a really good fish. I had a black drum fish at Cafe Adelaide at the Lowe's. That oh. was really good. The and Swizzle Steak Bar. We didn't even try anything the Swizzle we'll Steak Bar. We'll go back. We're going to go back and do another show in September, and we will uh, go back to the Swizzle Stick Bar. But um, I also enjoyed the Mufalada. You can't, you know what? I'll give you $100 if you can find a bad meal or a bad musician in New Orleans. If you do, email us through the website or give us a call on our voice box. It's 24 hours a day. The number is 424-250-FORK. 424-250-FORK. That's a great way to get in contact with us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We've talked long enough. We are going to get back to the festival and have some more fun. And some more food. That's right. So live from the New Orleans Jazz Fest 2014, I'm Mark DiCarlo. And I'm the Traveling Diva. And we'll see you. On a fork on the road. Yeah, you're right, baby. Laissez bon temps rouler.
Orleans. 